Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Thank you, Lord. Glory. He is good, isn't he? He is good. Hallelujah. Turn to somebody and tell them he is good. He is good. Hallelujah. Thank you. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you may be seated. Praise the Lord. Our last, the last person who's ministering on this week of, week devoted to God is a young man that I've watched grow up. Literally. I remember he was in one of my first, one of the first couple of years of our youth group back, so in 92, think back to 92, what grade would you have been in 92? Fifth grade? You were 12? Well, it was seventh grade then. Seventh grade. Sixth grade, seventh grade. Sixth grade, seventh grade, yep. And, uh, and I, you know, one of my favorite things about Jesse is just, you know, all the times he's been embarrassed. Uh, there, <laughs> And I'm thinking of one in particular that I'd like to share uh, before he comes up. And uh, we, uh, we, had been, we went on a mission trip. We went on a mission trip to Bradenton, Florida. We worked at a seafarer's mission. Uh, guys would come in, that we'd get a call that a ship was coming in, an uh, uh, ocean liner, not a, not a cruise ship, but like a, a cargo ship would come in. And these men, you know, might be out, on, out at sea for weeks and even months at a time. And uh, one of the, you know, when the, when the ship would hit dock, they would load and unload. But, you know, many of them would hit the bars. You know, they'd, they'd, hit, the, they'd hit town. But a lot of them would come to the seafarers mission. And they, they would come and they would be around believers. They would, you know, they, they'd look for ministry. They'd look for opportunity and such. And so we went there and for a, a little over a week, we, uh, we ministered. Uh, down there to these men coming off of those ships. And it was, they did skits and program, you know, preaching. And it was wonderful. Just loved on them. I mean, that's what the, 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 the person who led the seafarers mission said, you know, even just for them to, to be with young people, because many of them, their families are back in the Philippines or, you know, wherever around the world. And just being around young people and loving them. Some of these guys would be crying and, you know, just, it was cool. It was just a neat opportunity to minister. And, well, we didn't have much money back then. You know, money was tight. And so we, uh, we had found out there was a Youth for Christ in Bradenton, Florida, that we could actually sleep at their facility. Um, and uh, <laughs> we could... <laughs> He just, he just realized what story I'm telling. <laughs> and uh, and uh, so we, uh, we, we stayed at this uh, Youth for Christ in Bradenton, Florida. And, and uh, when we got there, you know, we got there kind of in the middle of the night and we walked in and it was bad. It was bad. I mean, I, I mean it was bad. Um, they asked us if, if uh, you know, sometime during the week if we could do a work project. We said, yes, please. We would love to do a work project and clean up. One of the things they had us do was tear down an old uh, facade of a, of, a, of, a, uh, of a fireplace. And when you tore down the facade, I mean, gallons, gallons of cockroaches fell out of, onto the ground. I mean, dead ones, live ones. I mean, it, that's the case. Okay, you get the idea. This is Florida. This is Florida. And we're, I mean, it's nasty. And, and I'm walking in and I'm looking around going, okay. And the girls are, you know, and, it, and where we slept 
we, what we did is we put up this wire across the ceiling and we hung a sheet. And one side was guys and one side was girls. And okay, guys, you know, guys stay on the guy's side, girls stay on the girl's side. And so we got the tarp up and then we were going to have, you know, a service and we were going to pray for each other. We were going to have communion and we actually did a foot washing. It was really spiritual. It was wonderful. And, and uh, Jesse and another young man who will be renamed nameless because he's not here to defend himself. But uh, Billy DeMar was where... Uh, <laughs> was a part of the uh, was a part of the team and and uh, we're having the service and, and we were the guys were getting ready before the service and the girls were on their side getting ready and I, I and the guys are going man this is sketchy this is bad this is this is nasty we don't are there animals in the room we don't know there could be animals in the room we don't know I mean it's nasty and I said guys whatever you do whatever you do you have to be calm cool and collected. You have to be calm, cool, and collected because if, if the guys are nervous and freaked out, the girls are going to definitely be nervous and freaked out. So guys, you got to hold it together. You got this? We're men. We got this. Okay, we got this. Okay, good. Yeah, we got this. All right. So we have the service. We have the service, and, and we get done with the service. I said, okay, everybody go to bed, and Billy and Jesse jump up, and they, they go around the curtain to the guy's side, and I'm still talking to every other group, and they were the first ones around. All of a sudden, you hear two blood-curdling screams. <laughs> And I thought, well, so much for staying calm, cool, and collected. It was a spider, wasn't it? It was a spider. It was about like that big. I mean, it was... I'll let, it, I'll let him say exactly how big it was, but I mean, you could just hear they were, they were beating it with something, man. It just, and it was, it was more than one swat to kill it, all right? It was, but I've also seen him grow up into an amazing man of God. Hallelujah. And I remember that first time that he came up and shared something before service because you had never done that before. And, and it was a word. He had a word from the Lord. And, and I knew somebody had a word from the Lord. And I turned and I saw he was in the drum cage over here back when we used to cage our drummers. And he, he was, and I could just see him. You could see the Holy Ghost all over him. And he goes, fine. And he just gets up and comes out of the cage and delivers the word of the Lord. And ever since then, he's been changed. Amen. He was, he was that, that's who he was before too, but it's where he took his step of faith. So let's welcome Jesse Cunningham. It was a big spider. <laughs> and if there's anything I hate on this earth is spiders. It was so big. So thank you for bringing that back to my memory. I'll probably dream of one crawling on me tonight, but no big deal. So for those of you who don't know me, I'm Jesse Cunningham. I grew up with Pastor John and most of the people here actually. So it's nice to be in front of familiar faces when I do this, but funny, quick funny story. Before we get into this, uh, last time I spoke here, I, uh, I wanted to be the good guest minister, so I sat up front and, you know, we went through the worship and I went through my sermon, everything went great and went, you know, went home and I like to either listen or watch back when I preach just to kind of critique myself and, uh, you know, 
see if I'd messed up anywhere or whatever, and I caught part of worship, and I was looking, and I was like, who's the bald guy up front? <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, that's me. And so I figured out I was going bald by sitting up in this front chair, so anybody who... Uh, who questions how they're doing up here, sit there and watch the video back and <laughs> you'll be fine. You'll figure it out real fast. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and I've been dealing with it ever since and I've been rebuking baldness ever since. I'm not ready, I'm not ready, but we'll see where it goes. Um, <laughs> so, today is a... Uh, I promise I didn't copy anybody else this week. I promise. But every day I came in this week, somebody was speaking on something I want to speak on. And I was like, oh, goodness gracious, you know. But I stuck to my guns, and I was like, you know what? And really, last night, there was this really heavy burden on me that, like, you're just going to be preaching the same thing everybody else is preaching all week. And, like... The old me would have shrunk back, but the new me was like, you know what, I'm on the right track if you're trying to uh, condemn me here over this. So it is going to be very familiar to what you've heard this week, just my take on it. But, you know, there's nothing wrong with repetition. That's how we get it in our heart, and this is important. What's happening here is important. You are important to what's happening here, and we need people to accomplish the vision for the valley. Plain and simple, we need people to accomplish the vision for the valley. So, and I've really been encouraged by listening to everybody this week, you know, because it just, you know, confirms what I'm hearing and what I'm feeling in my spirit for about what's coming and what we need to be focused on and what we need to be doing because I truly believe and I've and the Holy Spirit's been dealing with me about this, it's no longer about what's going on out in the world. It's no longer about politics. It's no longer about anything about that. It's a spiritual awakening. We need a spiritual awakening in the church. We need to understand who the Holy Spirit is. We need to understand this gift that's been given to us because if we want to turn a nation around, we turn them to Christ. I don't care what side of the aisle they're on. If we truly convert people and disciple people according to the gospel, their morals will be correct. Their morals will follow suit. You can argue with people all you want, but Jesus Christ is the answer. His grace, his mercy, his love is the answer. The world is searching for identity. Where are they going to find identity? They're going to find identity in Jesus Christ. That's where all of us should be finding our identity. That's where I found my identity, and that's what changed my life. I was no longer a failure. You know? My whole life, I felt like I failed at everything I did. And I've dealt with that and moved on, and it's probably another teaching, but... We have to know who we are. So looking ahead, looking, as Pastor John said yesterday, we're in the battle. We are in the battle. And there's some foundational truths that we need to have set in our hearts if we're going to go fight. 
You know, when I went to boot camp, I wasn't ready to fight. When I left boot camp, I was more prepared to fight. (laughs) But it was experience in the fleet. It was the extensive training that I got over and over, the repetition over and over and over and over that prepared me to fight. And that's what we need as the body of Christ. So I'm going to give you four points, and then I'm going to try to interweave these four points together as we uh, talk today. The uh, title of my sermon is All Things. But uh, So number one, I just kind of touched on it, but we have to know our identity. We have to. Who are you in Christ? Are you new creation? Or are you being smushed under his thumb? Are you walking in grace? Or are you walking according to works? Guess what? You're never going to achieve it. I tried, and I failed, and you will too, unfortunately. Number two, we must love. And this has been resonating in me for a long time because I did not love. Love was something very, I, I've hardened myself very much so throughout the Marine Corps and throughout my young adult life because I was a failure, things I was doing didn't work, I had no satisfaction in my life, I had no love towards others, and if you have no love towards others, you can't affect others. You just can't. I could put on a good show when I came to church on Sundays, but when I went home, I was wrecked. You know, and thank God for his love. We have to understand how Jesus loves us, because it's not in ourselves. We can never love like Jesus loves. But when we just open our hearts and let him do the work, it's amazing what happens. Because it's not about what we can do, it's about letting him do it in you. John 13, 34. A new commandment I give you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. That's the commandment we have. Because guess what? When we start building relationship and we start loving like Christ loved us or we start letting him love us like he loved us, all the other stuff just falls into place. You know, I can look at you and not judge you because I know Jesus Christ loves you because all I have to do is look at myself or my past self. He's faithful, he is just, he is good. This life is about relationship and how we respond to it. Jesus is always willing. The Holy Spirit is always willing. They always want to give. But are we responding to it? Are we opening ourselves up? Are we letting him do his work in us? What we love is what influences us. For a long time, I loved the world. I don't know why I love the world. I don't, because it was just nothing but heartache and pain and I suppose misery loves company, so we just dry, you know, pull each other down. And, but, I mean, really, that was the root of it. I didn't want anything else to do with God. I didn't want anything else to do with Jesus. I didn't want anything to do with the Holy Spirit. I just wanted to figure this out on my own. You know, I'm a pretty smart guy. <laughs> really stupid. <laughs> 
Number three, the Holy Spirit needs to dominate our lives. If Jesus needed him, you need him. Really simple. Really simple. Number four, we must, we must know what's available and believe it. You can read the Bible all you want. You're gonna hear me talk about a verse here, or verses, and you can hear it over and over and over again, but if you don't believe it, it's not gonna affect your life. That's just how it works. It's not about head knowledge with the word. It's about putting it in your heart, letting it take root, letting it grow, and letting it bear fruit. That's how the word of God works. So right now, and I say this every time I preach, kick out condemnation, because I am gonna challenge you, but it's worth it. It's okay to be challenged. We need to be challenged. I needed to be challenged. And let's get over ourselves, let's step out of condemnation, and let's just move forward. Let's move forward, let's mature, let's grow as disciples, okay? So, enough of that. So all these points, I feel, are very interwoven. You can't have one out without the other. Of course, without Jesus, you have nothing, right? You find Jesus, but if you have no love, you have nothing. No love, you have no relationship or word, no understanding of promises and power. Without Jesus, there's no Holy Spirit. So this is, there's a connection here, and we need to understand it. So I'm gonna start with what's available to us, because when Pastor, well, when Pastor Jonah announced it at church that I was going to be speaking here, <laughs> thank you, it, uh, this clicked in me right away, so I knew I was going to be talking about all things, because we need to know what's available to us, and guess what? All things are available to us. For every one of you, all things is available, and I, my hope is by the end of this, you catch a revelation of this. I don't care how young, I don't care how old, I don't care how much you've missed it, I don't care how much you've gotten it. There's more. There is more. There is no depth to the word of God. It is eternal. We can continue to grow and grow and learn and learn and learn. If you think you know a scripture, meditate, it on, meditate on it more and I guarantee more will be revealed because that's the God we serve, he's good. So turn to 2 Peter 1, we're gonna start in verse three. Don't take your finger from here, we're gonna hop around some, but we're gonna be coming back to this. So his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and excellence. Verse four, by which he has given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, so that through these things you might become partakers of the divine nature and escape the corruption that is in the world through lust. The world is corrupt, and it's very obvious. There's no more hiding. They're not even trying to hide it anymore. <laughs> They've, they're very blatant about it. You know, this... The battle lines have been set, you know. We don't have to guess what they're trying to do. We don't have to guess what their sin looks like. It's, it's all out there. 
but we have exceedingly great and precious promises. So all things, I mean, think about that. There is no Greek, there is no Hebrew. I mean, there is, but all is all. All is all. There's no other way to explain all. It's everything, everything you need for life and godliness. And in this verse, I see Jesus, I see the Holy Spirit, I see love, and I see amazing promises. So I'm hoping by the end of this that they're all connected, that we have a better understanding of it. Jesus loves you so much that he came and died so you can live a victorious life in all things. That is his plan for you. It's not that you struggle. It's not that you fail. His plan is good. He who knew no sin took it all on himself. I mean, these are things that we can meditate on and these are things that will change your life when you truly grasp what they mean. So keep your finger there and go over to Ephesians quick. I just want to emphasize Jesus here a little bit. Ephesians 1, 22, we'll go through 23. And he put all things in subjection under his feet and made him the head over all things, the church. That's Jesus. 23, which is his body? The fullness of him who fills all things in all ways. Jesus is fullness. We are the church. We are the body. We are filled with all things. Relationship with Jesus draws all things out of us. Relationship with Jesus draws fullness out of us. It's, it's the whole potential. There is massive potential residing in every single one of us. All things are residing in every single one of us here. But, are we letting Jesus do his work in us? So, to describe potential, maybe make it a little more real. People always use cars, and, but I'll gear towards the ladies today. So let's say somebody holds out a car to you, ladies, and says, go have fun. Go. All day long, you shop till you drop. I don't care where you go. I don't care what you buy. I mean, that's pretty, I would do that. And I, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, would, I would go with, with you and help you pick things out. That sounds like fun. You know, but I mean, you have unlimited potential here. There's no limit to what you can purchase and what you can do. But if you just take that card and you sit down, you're not getting anything. You're not getting anything. And we could use, guys, we could use the car scenario. Really fast, tough muscle cars, you know. I really like those new Dodge Challengers. They're pretty sweet. Super B, big old engines in them. But if all I did was sit in it and look at it, I'm not truly releasing the potential of this vehicle which is probably good because I'd get tickets and <laughs> I might even kill myself. But 
it would be pretty cool. But potential, so we have potential inside of us. Are we utilizing it? Are we letting Jesus utilize it in us? One more quick scripture about fullness. John 1.16. We, we have all received from his fullness grace upon grace. So I'm just I'm trying to establish here all this comes through Jesus. It's because of Jesus. It's because of Jesus we can experience life. And that's an amazing thought. And it's an amazing thing because I was dead for a long, long time. And it was terrible. It was terrible. And there's plenty more people out there like me that need this. You know, and that's what we're here to do. We're here to preach the gospel. We're here to be disciples. We're here to go into all the world. That's what we're here to do. We, we have to dig into our potential. We have to let Jesus pull this potential out of us to affect others. We must affect others. We must. That's why we're here. And through Jesus Christ, we can do it. So back to 2 Peter. So we have fullness, we have all things, but did anybody notice the qualifier in verse three there? And I'm sorry, there is a qualifier, and there usually is. You gotta keep reading, you know? A lot of times we like to stop at all things, but you gotta keep reading. The qualifier, through the knowledge of him, Sorry, it's just, I didn't write it, you know? I'm just speaking it, it's not my fault. But we gotta get up and we gotta do something. We have to know who he is. We have to know what he wants for our lives and it's good, I promise you, it's good. Dying to yourself is a little painful at times but what he has for us is good. Without knowledge, all we have is potential. You know, I had a lot of potential sitting on my couch, but I wasn't exhibiting the purpose and plan. You know, I had a lot of potential. We all have so much potential. Every single one of us, every single person out in the world right now raging against what's going on in this life has potential. It's just how are we using it? Knowledge comes through the word. The word produces a deeper, more meaningful relationship with Jesus. You know? I can say I love you, but if I don't, I could say I love my wife, but I, if I don't invest in our relationship, if all she is to me is somebody who helps raise the kids and who cleans every now and again and cooks every now and if that's all it is to me... <laughs> I, that came out wrong. That came out wrong. If all she is is a godly woman who cooks all the time and cleans all the time and is slaving over everything just to keep me happy, I'm sorry, baby, I love you. Ah, oh, it's on video too, you know? <laughs> Add that to your list. Yeah, it's, it happened so fast. Man, dang it. Anyways, 
So, <laughs> moving on, moving on. Yeah, knowledge. Geez, knowledge would have helped me really a lot right there. <sighs> Anyways, the more we understand, the more Jesus can affect our lives, right? And how are God's people destroyed? Lack of knowledge, Hosea 4, 6. We all know it. So Proverbs, just to drive home the point here a little bit, Proverbs 16, 16, how much better to get wisdom than gold and to get understanding is to be chosen rather than silver. Proverbs 28, 5, evil men do not understand justice. Sound, look familiar, right? They do not understand justice, but those who seek the Lord understand all things. We must be active, we must seek. There's just no other way to get around it. There's no wishy-washy way to say it anymore. We have to be forthright in our preaching. We have to be forthright in our teaching because we need to take ground back. We've let it go on far too long. We've lost far too much ground. We need to move forward, and then we move forward by changing people's lives. That's what we're here to do. So we don't have to seek the things of the world because all things come through the knowledge of him. You know, Solomon wrote that. What came first for Solomon? Wisdom. And he ended up being... You know, unfortunately, he fell at the end there a little bit. But there's still a lesson to be learned there. Seek wisdom, seek knowledge, and then these things will be added unto you. Like I said earlier, I just wanted everything to be downloaded me, to me on my couch in between the commercial breaks. <laughs> All right, God, I got a few minutes. What do we got? What are we going to do? You know, and you've probably heard this testimony before, but I was watching one of my precious shows and... And I always watch shows about people who are self-reliant. You know, they can, they can build a homestead on their own. They can survive in the wilderness on their own. I, I still find it fascinating, but I was spending all of my time wishing I was these people. And, I, and it wasn't an audible voice, but in my spirit, it was really loud. All I heard was, you know, I can do more for you. I can do better than that. But I had to get up. Right? I had to, and like, this is just for me, and I had to turn off the TV. And I don't, I still to this day don't watch much, and I don't care what you watch. Knock yourselves out. It matters, but knock yourselves out. <laughs> but uh, I, uh, you know, I had to make time to seek him. I had to make time for him in a quiet place, for him to build me up, for him to reveal to me who he is and what he wants for my life. So I want to read 2 Peter 1, 3, and 4 again just to get it fresh in our minds. His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and excellence, 
by which he has given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, so that through these things you might become partakers of the divine nature and escape the corruption that is in the world through lust. We have to overcome the desire to be like the world. We have to overcome the lust to be like the world. I really want to sit down and just listen to some rock and roll, baby. Like, I really loved it. It consumed my life for 12, 15 years, really. Like, that was who I was. I knew rock and roll. I knew the lyrics. I'm a lyrics guy. I could sing along with every song. And, you know, (laughs) where's Kathy? I remember when I was a young man, the DeMars would have a Bible study at their house and we got on the subject of music and how it can affect us and how, and I remember, and I was a defiant little back then. (laughs) Not always, but if you got me on the right subject, I wasn't gonna break. Like, I knew what I was talking about. You know, I was 14, I knew what I was talking about. (laughs) But I remember debating with Kathy Namar. And she said, it's gonna affect you. And I said, no, it's not. She said, it is gonna affect you. And I said, no, it's not. <laughs> and I was convinced in myself that I, was, I, could be, I could listen to whatever I wanted and it wasn't gonna affect me. And maybe there are people who can, but I couldn't. Because it went straight to my heart. It went... It closed off my heart to the point when word tried to get in, there was nothing there, you know, because I just had the world in me, maybe, you know. I could sing, I could play the drums, I had a pretty sweet band for a while. You know, it was the real deal. I mean, I never got further than Hastings, but (laughs) (laughs) it was, uh, (laughs) I thought we were pretty good. But you know, This is the kind of stuff that matters now. Before, when everything in America was great, you know, we just woke up, the sun was shining, and we would prance off to work, and work was great. And then we'd come home, and our family's great, and then dinner was great, and not everything's great anymore. You better know who you are. Nothing in this world compares to all things. And that's what we need to take away here. Youth. Nothing in the world compares to all things. Nothing in the world compares to all things. And if you want stories, come find me afterwards. I'll, I'll keep them clean, but... I mean, there is nothing... And you won't convince me otherwise because I know the change that's happened in my life. So we have exceedingly great and precious promises like verse four says. If we never receive or open that gift, it will have no effect. We have a role to play. We must be active in this. So I I believe the greatest and most precious promise in this life, besides salvation, is the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, we're lost. Plain and simple. 
And that was a big struggle for me growing up. And, you know, through my young adult life, like, it irritated me that I had to listen to people talk in tongues. Like, I have to be honest. It irritated me. I couldn't stand it. (laughs) I couldn't. You know, when you get up here, you gotta be honest, so. I couldn't stand it. And I remember being in that cage, and I would pop out my earbuds whenever I would hear it. Not many people know that. We do now. <laughs> but that's, that's how much, like, it was a stumbling block in my life. But thank God for revelation, and I've come, you know, full circle and in my opinion of that, so much so that it kind of consumes my reading and my, you know, like, I've been in John for probably three or four years now. (laughs) I just can't get out of John, you know, because the revelations that are coming to me are amazing. The revelations that are coming to me are changing my life. Don't ever discredit the Holy Spirit. Don't ever do it. I need my phone now. So this gift was so great that Jesus said, it's better that I go. I mean, think of that statement. And I know Lighthouse people have probably heard me say this lots, but I can't stop saying it. Think of that statement. It's better that I, Jesus, go. Because then I can give you the comforter. Then I can give you the helper. You know? So verse, John 16, verse 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I do not go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him. I mean, meditate on that for a while. Jesus, the savior of the world, had to go so we could have this power. That's, I don't know, it's just awesome to me. So I want to, in this last little bit here, I want to uh, establish the Holy Spirit. We've been hearing it all week, but I'm just going to keep beating that drum because it's that important. With what's coming and where we're going, you better be being led. You better be being led. You better be hearing from the Holy Spirit what you should be saying and what you should be doing because, man, the consequences can be great. Your intentions don't matter. I hate to be blunt, but it's not about your intentions. Your intentions may be good, but if it's not what you're supposed to be doing, you might be in trouble. So let's go down to John, stage 16, 13. But when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Who doesn't want truth? For he will not speak on his own authority, but he will speak whatever he hears, and he will tell you things that are to come. Verse 14, he will glorify me, for he will receive from me and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Think about that statement. So everything that God has, he gave to Jesus. And everything we need funnels down through the Holy Spirit and into us. All things. But do you believe it? Yeah. 
Do you believe that God is that good? Yes. Yes, I do. Amen. <laughs> do we believe it? Because I didn't believe it. For a long time, I didn't believe it. And I had to change my heart and I had to soften my heart and I had to let him do his work in me because it wasn't about what I could do. I tried. I failed. It's about what he can do in us and he works in us through the Holy Spirit. You cannot discredit the Holy Spirit. You cannot diminish the role of the Holy Spirit. We cannot. He is that important. He is essential to our walk in this life. The Holy Spirit is truth. He leads and guides. He is our comforter and our counsel. All things flow through him and are imparted to us. Grasp the all things, because I can't get off of it. We have all things. We have fullness in this life. We can. And, you know, you don't have to do any of this. We all have a choice. If you're saved and you want to sit on your couch and ride it out to the end, it's your choice. But it's going to be a miserable, miserable ride. I guarantee it. Because nothing compares to all things. Nothing compares to all things. And knowing what we have You're a fool to let it go by. I hate to be blunt, but we gotta know that this is that important. No more sugarcoating. This is that important. We have to know the Holy Spirit and understand his role in our lives, understand his voice, understand how he speaks to us, because that's how we walk this life out in victory. So I want to give a little testimony of my son. And kids can be so inspirational. My middle boy, Howie, I was putting him to bed, and he's like, Dad, you want to hear about my healing? I was like, well, I sure do, you know. And so he says, Dad, I woke up this morning. I wasn't feeling good, you know. But then I prayed, and then I prayed in tongues. And he's like, and yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm healed. I mean, this is a seven-year-old boy who gets it. Because I remember when that seven-little-year-old boy had, we were dealing with something on him and we couldn't, and it hurt him. And he just, in his tears, he would be saying, Daddy, I'm already healed, right? And I would say, yes, you are. And he didn't feel healed, he didn't look healed, but he kept declaring, I'm already healed. And now look at him. You know? This is the stuff that changes lives. And kids can get it. Kids need to get it. Our youth need to get it. We have to have this. I don't care what anybody says, the Holy Spirit is real. He is alive, he is active. He did not die with the disciples. Neither did tongues. Tongues will change your life. 
Do not discredit it. Do not let anybody talk you out of it. Do not let anybody make you feel shame over it because this is, that's our victory. That's our victory. That's who we are. And so I want to go up and read verse 13 again because Pastor Jonah was speaking on Wednesday and he, uh, he was talking about how the military always trains for the last war. And I've, you know, I lived it. I lived it. He always trained for the last war. When I was in, my first two years were pretty awesome. I won't lie. Like, we were, you know, it was all jungle. It was all woods. It was all, you know, but we were good at what we did. We had a purpose. We knew what we were doing, and we were good. I'll just say it. We were. Then 9-11 happened, and things started to transition, It wasn't about jungle warfare anymore. We had to get ready for desert warfare and we had to get ready for house-to-house warfare and we didn't know what we were doing. Our training fell off. My confidence in those around me fell off. So much so that it was one of the big reasons that I got out because I wasn't confident that I would go to war with these guys and be successful you know, like you have to have confidence in the guy next to you. That's why unity is so important. We have to know that the people to our left and to our right and to our front and behind have the same vision, have the same goal. Our goal was to go forward, period. We went over anything that was in our way. It didn't matter. That was our goal, and that's our goal now. We don't retreat, we go forward. Because we have all things. We have the power of the Holy Spirit. But, verse 13, and it, this came to my mind when I heard that. But when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but he will speak whatever he hears, and he will tell you things that are to come. We have an advantage. We can prepare for what's to come. And that comes through the Holy Spirit. We don't have to guess. All we gotta do is seek. All right. And this, and Ethan, this came to me when you gave your vision. Preparation time is never lost time. Ever. Ever. Because a lot of times, preparation times keeps you from even experiencing you know, because when that fight comes, it's just, it's really not much of a fight anymore, because I know who I am. I know what the word says, and get out. Preparation time is never wasted time. When it comes to the word of God, it's never wasted time. Fill your heart with it. Build yourself up with it, because it'll make a difference in your life. So I want to Close here with, go to First John. Sorry, Kairos, you don't have this one. First John 4. Let me find it quick. Go to verse 13, and I'll just read until I feel like stopping, I guess. 
So we know that we live in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. When you have the spirit of God residing in you, you have God. You have Jesus. You have everything you need. But is it affecting your mind? Is it affecting your heart? Is it causing you to change? Is it causing you to rise up? Is it causing you to mature? It should be. And it can. That's why I say there's no condemnation here. You can start right now. Right now, you can start. Doesn't matter what you've done, doesn't matter where you've been. If you haven't received the Holy Spirit, we'll fix that. If you haven't received Jesus, we'll fix it. And we'll get you going down that road of victory. And we have seen and testify that the Father sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in him and he in God. God lives in him. In him. I mean, let's grab a hold of this. And if you've already got it, share it with somebody else. Grab a hold of the fact that the creator of this world resides in you. The creator of the universe, the creator of all things. If that doesn't get you a little fired up, I don't know what does. Man, Pastor John's sermon last night, I was ready to punch somebody and run through a wall. Like, I was ready. That was great. Man. You know, but this is what the word should do to us. It shouldn't drag us down. It shouldn't condemn us. It shouldn't make us feel like we're less than. That's why we gotta get over the condemnation and we gotta accept the challenge. There's nothing wrong with challenge. Get over it. There's nothing wrong with challenge. You're gonna be challenged for the rest of your life. Rise to the occasion. Rise to the occasion because it's worth it. It is absolutely worth it. And we have come to know and believe the love that God has for us. That knowing is a process. Because that knowing is an intimate relationship. It's not head knowledge. And intimate relationships don't just happen. They're built. But preparation time is never wasted time. They're built. Start building your relationship with Jesus. Start building your understanding and relationship with the Holy Spirit and watch what happens. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. In this way, God's love is perfected in us so that we may have the boldness on the day of judgment because he, as he is, so are we in this world. As he is right now, right now, so are you in this world. Goodness gracious. That is awesome. That is so awesome. We have this promise. Seek it out. Don't let anybody convince you that there's something better because there is not. There is not. True freedom comes through Jesus Christ. The world is a chain. The world is a weight that's just gonna continually drag you down and drag you down and drag you down. True freedom comes through Jesus Christ. 
Grasp onto that freedom. Seek knowledge, seek understanding, seek wisdom. Seek love, seek the Holy Spirit, because he is faithful and just. He won't tell us these things and not make them available, because then he would be an unjust God. But that is not who he is. He is a just God who wants you to walk a life out in all things. That's what's available to you. That's what we need to grasp onto. Amen? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesse. God's good. Man, we, this has been a great week, hasn't it? Good word. We're pumped up. We're ready to punch somebody and run through a wall. Glory to God. It's good to have Marines with you, you know? I mean, it's just good. They get sometimes, yeah, we said so. Marines and, 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 and uh, SEALs. And SEALs. Yeah, yeah there we go. Okay. Just, hallelujah. Well, here we are at the end of the week devoted. I've asked uh, Kayla and the worship team to lead one last song, and I'm going to say a few words here, but then uh, we're going to worship, and that'll be it. I'm not going to say anything after that. Leave when you leave. Fellowship as long as you, well, not as long as you go home at some point, because we do have to lock the place up and go on with life. But, you know, I want to, first first and foremost, I want to thank everybody who's served through this week, all the, all the sound guys and all the TV guys and... They are awesome. They have worked so hard for, for not only, uh, you know, how it works in this building, but also, you know, everybody who is watching by live stream. And just thank you guys. You're just, you're such servants. It just really blesses me. And the worship teams, you know, teams, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You guys were awesome. I mean, praise God for the talent and the, the heart of our people i'm just so so blessed and everybody who helps serve lunch today and whoever's picked up and cleaned and and just family you know we we, we were the, the staff is just giggly because you know in years past we were always here a couple of hours past after everybody else leave you know and picking up we're done as soon as you leave we leave so get out no i know don't, don't even. no but it's just thank you for everything thank you thank you everybody you're such a blessing so, so glad you were here. So glad that, that uh, took part in this week and, and uh, took part in what God's doing. And we just look forward to what he's doing. Amen? Amen. Let's stand. I'll pray and dismiss. But then the worship team's going to go. And then, like I say, when they're done, we're done. That's a good way to end. Father God, we do give you glory. We do give you honor. We do praise your holy name. We thank you for everything that you have said this week, everything that you've done, how you've touched our lives, how you've healed us, how you've, you've restored us, how you've, how you've ministered to us and built us up. Father, now, now, as we've heard all week long, it's time to go. It's time to go. It's time to go into the world and reach the lost. It's time to go into the world and expand the kingdom. Thank you, Lord. One year from today, we will, we will look back and say, wow, look how big the kingdom has gotten. Thank you that the valley won't look ever again like it does today. It'll look bigger. It'll look more powerful. It'll look more set free. Thank you, Lord God, for more lives saved, Father, for even, even thousands of, sa of salvations this year. Thank you, Lord God, that the revival has begun and we're a part of it. 
and that your name, the name of Jesus, will be declared in this whole valley from Solon Springs to Prescott and 100 miles in all directions. Thank you, Lord God, for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen.